If you're ready to build a business that brings you more wealth, gives you more time, and leaves you with more happiness, then this podcast is for you. Dan Olson has helped thousands of people find business success through the best franchising opportunities. If you're looking for insider business tips and advice from a franchise and business expert, then we have exactly what you need on Built for Scale with Dan Olson. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Franchise Your Success with our awesome coach in franchises, Dan Olson. How are you doing, Dan? Well, it's a wonderful day. (laughs) It's always a wonderful day when you get a chance to talk about people's success. And that's one of my passions is to be able to see people succeed in their own business. That's amazing. And yes, we are so grateful to have you as our franchising coach. And today we're going to talk about uh, the best questions that you need to ask yourself before investing into a franchise. So uh, the very first one, I feel like it's related to our budget. Let's uh, we have to take into consideration our budget before investing into a franchise. Yes, that is number one on the list for sure, because you want to look at someone's uh, financial abilities. And, and of course, when we're talking to people about franchises and and how they can benefit from them, you know, you know, we don't typically come right out and say, hey, can you afford this or not? If you can't afford it, we'll see you. We don't want to talk to you. That's not how we do it. We want to make sure we cover all the bases and see what's viable for them. So, But that is certainly a question on our list is if, if you were to qualify, the question I usually ask, if you were to qualify for this franchise, is how would you fund your franchise? And they've probably thought about that before. And a lot of times I'll get back, if they don't have quite have the funds, they'll say, well, I've got an investor or I've got a friend or I got a family member that's gonna help me do that. And so fair enough, we'll we'll, we'll trust them on that. Uh, Sometimes that doesn't work out the the best way we like to, but usually what we talk about during the first uh, question and answer period with that potential candidate is what is the investment like? And as we've covered already in some of our podcasts, for a single unit, you need that sixty to 70000 liquid. And typically, if it's a $200,000 total cost to startup cost franchise, usually you'll need that 25 to 30% down. And then the rest of it can be usually financed somewhere or at least lease some of the equipment or whatever combination it needs to have happen to get, to, to get into the franchise. So there needs to be that initial access to some cash and, and sometimes that could be in the form of a HELOC or whatever, but uh, or a, lo- a loan on your home. But usually we like to see that free and clear so we don't have a lot of debt on the franchise. So that's the first thing we consider and we ask them that question. Uh, of course, with a master franchise for the whole territory, it's a little bit more than that. It's closer to 150000 and up mm-hmm. that they'd need to have access to to own that whole territory. And, and a lot of times that's a little bit steep for people. And so we think about how we can help them uh, get their funding. And that's some of the service that we offer is how to come up with that and how to understand that. But here's the, big, here's the two biggest questions I like to ask. Number one is if you were awarded this franchise, how soon would you need to generate income? And if they say, oh, I need to generate income next week or I need to generate income next month, then I simply explain to them, usually this is not that quick. Any business you're going to start up, it takes some time to build. So we would further question them as where is their current income coming from? And sometimes, you know, they've sold a business or they're semi-retired or they're, they've done some great things with their, their money. And so they don't need to necessarily work. So they're going to be able to 
they they need to, they are they're able to get by with if they have already had a job, for example, and they're buying this semi-absentee owned business, then they're able to support themselves while they're building the business. So that's a real important question about budgeting. And then the second piece of that is, okay, here's how much it costs. How do you see funding this for yourself? And they may say, well, you know, I'm a little bit short here, a little bit short there. Um, what we don't want to do, and I remember a, a guy, um, bless his heart, he was amazing. <laughs> he, he, he loved the master franchise that we were offering him. And he said, you know, I, I want to buy this whole thing. I want to buy all of, uh, of Texas. I want to buy all of Houston and all of Dallas. I want that. And so, okay, we worked with him and worked with him. And he said, and we talked about coming up with the money and he was able to come up with the money to get that. And, but little did we know this man sold cars, some of the existing assets. He'd got yeah. loans on his home. He'd come out, he came every which way he could figure out to come because he really wanted this franchise. Had we known that was his last dollar, we never would have granted that because the last thing we want is to harm anyone financially. So we'll want to dive into a little bit deeper how to do that. Now, fortunately, this man succeeded in a big way. Mm -hmm. And within about five years, his two master franchising franchises were producing about $68 million oh, wow. per year in sales. And I can document that and show that. <laughs> so I'm not giving out an earnings claim. I'm not saying you're going to do the same thing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this is the example of this man mm -hmm. that was able to do that. So fortunately, that turned out. But we want to be really careful when we uh, when we talk about how much money, because that's would never want to harm many families' financial situation. But obviously, there's lots of people doing it, a lot of people succeeding, so it works. And so that's the direction we want to go is in the positive direction that we can do this, we can help you get figured out, and we often do. That's right. And I would say, just to add up to your ideas, is that invest within your means, within you comfort comfortably and also lovely <laughs> can mm -hmm. uh, invest. Um, and also, if you don't have the resources as of now, that's okay, because we can always come up with creative ways for you to have those resources to invest right. on a franchise. Now, um, another question that we should ask also before uh, investing into a franchise, I feel like it's, uh, do you research? Because there's so many different types of franchises, like... For example, you could be investing into a sandwich place here, but like if you look at the system of another sandwich place, they're totally different. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So the idea comes to, to you, for example, hey, I want to own a business. And, you know, someone says, hey, maybe you want to check out franchising or or you're looking at somewhere online and you see the an article about franchising. You say, hey, you know, I didn't think I could because a lot of people are thinking, I can't get into franchising. It's too out of my league. Well, it's not. For most people, you can get into a, a good viable franchise or at least take some time to save up so that you can get in there. So when you're doing your research on what type of, of industry or franchise you, you should get into, most people, when they start coming up with the idea that, hey, I could be a business owner, they they wake up in the morning and they think, I can be a business owner, but they, they don't think, you know, I'm going to go own a massage clinic franchise. They don't think about that. Usually that has to be presented to them in, as an idea and then something clicks. Hey, you know, this might be a cool, cool way to do things. So most candidates that we deal with have no idea on what type of franchise they want. Some of them will have some ideas, but sometimes that doesn't work out. And so you end up 
putting them in a different type of franchise. So it's our job as, as the coaching people, advisors, to kind of question them of what their interests are and what they've looked into and what their talents and abilities are so that we can help guide them So through that. So I would say at this point, when you start working through it, it's worthwhile to get a mentor or a coach or a consultant in the franchise world or a broker that works in this because you don't have to pay them anything. They're getting paid by the, the franchisor. So why not use the services where you don't have to pay anything? And then That's that right. can help you uh, make a decision on which direction to go. That's right. And I feel like having a mentor truly opens your eyes to other ideas and other industries that you never thought about. Because that's also another good question to ask before um, starting and thinking about investing on a franchise. There's so many industries out there and it can be overwhelming to just know which one is the right one without the guidance and expertise of a coach. Out of all the industries that you have uh, been working with, uh, which one do you think is the one that people usually doubt on but end up going for afterwards? Well, if you look at some of the larger uh, franchise companies with the most units out there, obviously you think of food and that's big. But the one I think about when I first, one of the, my earlier careers was with a hair salon, which became the number one in the world at that time. And it's not any longer. So as I start thinking about that, and then there were several others that came along and started franchising their hair salons along the way. Now there's thousands and thousands and thousands of locations out there. But like I mentioned earlier, hardly anybody, because most of those franchisees that bought those were not hair salon owners, they, or they were not stylists. They had no idea about the business. Most of them did not wake up in the morning saying, I want a hair salon franchise. <laughs> so we had to coach them along the way. When you look at the investment compared to the ROI and the semi-absentee ownership of the business and how you can multiply it and get several locations, that appealed to a lot of people. That's why you see thousands and thousands and thousands of hair salon franchises out there. That's right. That also brings us to our next question, which is that you need to know which role you truly want to play as an owner in a franchise. You mentioned the semi-absentee role. Which other roles can, uh, can a person have when owning a franchise? Okay, there's several roles. Of course, we talked about before the, whether you get into a single unit or master franchise. So you kind of need to know which level, the four levels, single unit, multiple unit area development or master franchise, which also called the area representative. But within those, there are kind of three separate areas that you need to think about. And when people think about acquiring a franchise, they think about, oh, I've got to, if I get in a franchise, I'm going to have to be there full time and manage this thing as a manager. So I'm really buying myself a job, even though it's a business, I'm buying myself a job and I've got to work in there day to day, eight, 10 hours a day, every day. And that's what I got to do. And if you do that, that's great. You'll earn typically more money because you don't have to pay the manager that you'd normally pay. You put that in your pocket plus the profits. So you can get more out of it that way and still be in your own business. But most people are looking for an investment. So that would go to the second way. And that's what we call semi-absentee owned. That's where you have the manager running that operation for you and they're properly trained, you're properly trained, so you can kind of oversee them. They report back to you as the manager and you're managing the manager and you're performing functions like doing some of the marketing, figuring out where to place the ads. You might be hiring some people and you might be doing a little bit of HR duties and you might just be in the location to help out once in a while. So the semi-absentee owner usually is there five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 hours a week. And that allows you to, to have, have another life. 
and to grow and something very special while getting very good leveraged on your time. The third way is absentee owned. And there's very few of those, especially in the start. Once you get them started and up and running, I've seen plenty of people be able to back off and just have an absentee owner or mostly almost most all passive type income uh, because they have people running that for them. I would still also pay some attention to that business and not just let it ride without me because I want to know what's going on and understand it. So you, you got to pay some attention to your, your franchise, even though it's more of a passive investment. That's right. And I feel like with a franchise, uh, the cool thing is that it does give you the opportunity to either be in the working bee that you want to be, which is like staying there as many hours as you would like to do, or just being able to enjoy a little bit more time maybe with your family mm -hmm. uh, by having a totally absentee. But that's a good thing about franchising also, that it allows you to step into both all of those levels as you grow your business. So personally speaking for you, which of the roles as an owner of a franchise is the one that you mostly prefer? And why? So um, uh, the one that I prefer, when you look at the four different levels of franchising, uh, single unit, multiple area development, or master franchise, currently I'm in the role of a single unit owner. I own a single unit of a franchise and it's doing well and I'm excited about it. And I get to step in there once in a while and I see my manager, he's doing awesome and seeing him grow. And, and actually uh, the manager is my son-in-law. Oh, and so, so it's cool. just a it's a privilege to be able to see him grow because he doubted himself as he jumped in there. He says, oh, I've never done anything like this. I'm not sure whether I can do it or not. I was able to instill the confidence in him, maybe coach him along the way that, yes, he could do it. He has that leadership ability. He has the ability to do this. I could see that inside of him. And he did. He took the ball and he ran with it. And fortunately, he's a good communicator. So if there's any situation he rises, he'll text me. And so I'll get maybe one text a day. And it's not that big a deal. And I can answer it in two minutes and answer his question. And boom, he's off and running again. So it's just pleasure to be there. But also I get to go in and once in a while, and I get to see the patients. And this, because this is a medical health related franchise that I, I have a single unit for. And I get to see some of the most wonderful people come in that have been struggling with their health. And I get to see over a period of time results and see them change their lives. Even though I'm not there on a day-to-day -day basis, but I still get to see that periodically. And that's so rewarding. So that's a single unit. That's my role as a single unit. That's what I do. It doesn't take me more than a couple hours a week. The other level that I really like and have done for many years, and I've owned 10 master franchises now, I'm on number 11 and 12, Ooh. and I'll probably on, get on my 13th and 14th at some point. <laughs> and I've built those up, bought them and sold them. But now I'm back on track to own some of those master franchises. That's my role that I really like because I'm helping to coach other franchisees and other business owners to success. I'm doing that on a day-to-day -day basis and I get texts from those people almost every day. And it's just an honor to be able to help them and support them and coach them. That's amazing. And it's so great that you get to see their progress and like not only the progress for the clients in this case of your uh, single union franchise, but also the progress on the people that you're mentoring, the, the ones that are like in, as a master franchisee that you are. So tell us a little bit more about um, a time when you truly felt grateful for just being into franchising. Oh, wow. You know what? It's almost every day. I can't say every day, but almost every day I get up feeling grateful 
that I've had this experience and I am having this experience because I just see so many people, it, it just seems to be growing so wonderfully well in all different aspects as I got my hand in all these different things. I own a single unit. I have master franchises. I also help coach other individuals to help build their franchise companies. Uh, and I help uh, other master franchisees and train them. So I've got all these different aspects. So one of the things about having fun in life is have that variance. So it's not just the same old thing every day, time, day and day, uh, day to day. It's, it's, you have a little chance to change your routine. And that's what I have. And, and so every th night before I, I go to bed, I get a chance to think about my schedule for the next day and things I've got to do, my checklist. And I just kind of ingrain that into my mind. This is what I get to do. And you start thinking of the mental image. It's, it's, a, it's really a lot about mindset. And so I don't start thinking in terms of, oh, I got to get up and do this, or I have to do this tomorrow. All it is is a simple change of verbiage. Say, I get to do this tomorrow. I get to get up in the morning and I get to meet with this person, or I get to go here, or I get to get on a plane and go consult with this, this company. If you start thinking of those terms, the gratefulness comes. And gratefulness, if you look at the science behind gratitude, I mean, I, you could, I could cite all kinds of different studies on it, but when you have gratitude, it helps your health, it helps your emotions, it helps your entire well-being, it helps you to have that, it takes away that scarcity attitude that, oh, I can't afford it, or, I, or I'm not good enough. If you have the feeling of gratitude that you're grateful, that turns things completely around physiologically in your body and in your mind and in your heart. And it allows you to progress in ways that you can never imagine. So the gratitude is essential. And this business has taught me to be more gracious. And, and I hope that I can even be more gracious in the future because it's, it's, it's those qualities that I've learned along the way in being in business that's helped me to be who I am today. And now obviously I'm not perfect. But I'm trying to, to be a better person all the time, and that the business has allowed me to do that. That's amazing. And uh, we are super grateful for having your expertise into franchises. And since we are talking about like the questions that we should ask ourselves before investing into a franchise, if you were to begin from zero right now, or if you were to advise someone that is starting from the very beginning, what's the best advice that you could give them before getting into a franchise? Well, I think we've gone through a lot of them and you got to look at your financial situation first because mm -hmm. you would never want to harm anybody there. But I think the thing that just popped into my mind first and foremost is attach yourself to a mentor. Find a mentor, find the somebody who's already done it and attach yourself. And if you don't have the money, just follow along, work for them for free if you need to, leave it, even if it's just a few hours a week, offer to serve them, offer to help them. And they will give back to you over and over again and you'll learn to follow in their footsteps. But if you can get in and even be hired by a franchisee or a company that does franchising, they will help instruct you and show you the way. But the biggest thing I would say is find that mentor that you can follow behind that's already done it in the world of franchising. And that makes it much easier to find the right one, have the right connections, and have the satisfaction of owning the business of your dreams. That's right. And we are super grateful for having you as our mentor for franchises. We truly believe that um, we are learning so much every single day um, just by hearing you. And it does give us the confidence that, yes, we can succeed into a franchise. We just need the right mentor. So thank you so much for being that mentor for us. It is always an honor, Marjorie. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Awesome. And well, stay tuned for our next episode. And thank you so much again, Dan. You See you soon. Yeah.